Hello and welcome to This Week at the Movies. I'm Matt. I'm Eric. And we will be going under the sea. Da-da-da. This week we're going to be talking about the live action remake of another Disney classic, The Little Mermaid. That's right. Ariel is back and she's brought all of her friends with her. And we will be looking at this movie as well as uh, some of the other Disney live action remakes, particularly what I think is probably the four most uh, memorable ones uh, from the early 90s that have now all gotten a new big screen treatment here in the last couple of years. But remake of The Little Mermaid, Rob Marshall takes an 89-minute cartoon and stretches it to 130. 35 minutes, adds a dose of Javier Bardem, a little bit of Melissa McCarthy, and newcomer Halle Bailey, uh, who takes on the role of Ariel. The famous songs that you remember from the cartoon are there, as well as a few new numbers from Lin-Manuel Miranda, uh, which uh, probably went along well with the uh, voice cast that we got from Aquafina and David Diggs, uh, who do a little scuttle rap uh, there in the middle. But Eric... What did you think of this new version of The Little oh. Mermaid? Oh, I'm going first on this one. Okay. I'll keep it simple and I'll keep it to The Little Mermaid. You know what? <clears throat> Doug Marshall did the fourth Pirates of the Caribbean movie. And with all the insanity behind the production of that movie, I still think it's enjoyable. This movie shows off what I think... He's a little more talented than that. This is the movie for parents you to take your kids go enjoy something you enjoyed in the 90s on a massive big screen ursula is relishing her role and when she turns big it genuinely terrified me because i have an existential thing about like two big monsters like the abyss kind of thing um there's she's fantastic halle bailey i think absolutely owns the role of ariel i um I think the actor who played every single actor, Javier Bardem, uh, was a standout also for me. After a while, <clears throat> is giving 110%. Prince Eric, Sebastian, the voice work, everyone is giving 110%. Uh, except maybe Aquafina, who's just giving 100%. You know, like, I, and so I'll say that the movie earns its emotions and. I'm, but I'm giving it a thumbs down because me personally, I can't genuinely rate this movie as without this huge thorn that comes with that, that like me personally, I've seen the original movie. So everyone feels like puppets on strings giving their all into doing it. And it's, it's so it's such a bad reflex for me. You know, I'm, I'm criticizing myself. I'm giving myself a thumbs down as well. Because, you know, there have been reproductions of classic plays forever where people just live up to the performances that have been done by other people for generations, for decades, for a hundred years. Okay, if you think of like Shakespeare plays, if you think of anything like that, there should be nothing wrong with this. But when I see like a stiff-necked Melissa McCarthy finally measure up to something that was already good i i can't detach from what was the point of this i it's it's 
like you said, the additions are, are mostly contributions from Lin-Manuel Miranda, and you can tell. It's it's jarring when things go into his beat and his pattern of doing what he's doing versus the classical, like more cinematic kind of tradition of the other songs in the in the movie. And you know, you mean like well, when Will Smith was the rapping genie. Yeah, like I kind of yeah. Again, I'm gonna keep it a little mermaid. I'm not gonna go down that. I'm not, I'm not, don't tempt me, Frodo. Um, so I the the this movie. Really, I I only own two live-action remakes. I own copies of them. And this will be the third. This was the summer splash adventure that I love when it comes to summer season. This is this is like wet and wild and, and high-flying adventure and, and emotions pouring out onto people's sleeves and it's everything that I like to see. I just, like... <sighs> The, the, it suffers from all the same issues of Lion King in the sense that you animate everyone, then they can move really quickly and be exaggerated and deliver all these emotions really easily. Whereas humans, their faces have to turn red straining to get the emotion out that the animated characters did. And it's just like, it's like slow underwater movements, people trying to measure up. And then, and then so the whole movie in my head is just a checklist of going, oh, they did it. Oh, they pulled that off. Oh, they didn't pull that off. Oh, they pulled that off for these amazing things that took hundreds, like like thousands of man hours of labor to painstakingly create. I can't feel it. Like, I it's it's such a like. So I'm giving it a thumbs down, but I'm giving myself a thumbs down and saying go see it. But Disney, stop it! Like, think of well, there aren't that many more that they can redo. Uh, no, and but but at the same time, I, mean, I, 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 I gotta getting, wait. I gotta I wait to get into Snow it. White. Um, I want to talk about Snow someday White. Someday I want to see them try to do Bambi because I mean, how's that even going to work? How? Like it's yeah. just, it's just the same <laughs> as a Lion King. They just be deer that with like voices talking over them. Like it. Well, so um, and a slower I, bumper. I'm giving it a thumbs up. Uh, you know, the the added songs, I don't know if it did uh, a lot for me. We've seen in these, um, one of the ways they've expanded the story when they've kind of redone them is giving a POV song to the other half of the romantic duo. We saw that in Beauty and the Beast. The Beast has his own number. We saw that in Aladdin where Jasmine gets a number. Uh, and then, you know, we saw that here. Prince Eric kind of gets his his point of view number, because if you're going to go from 89 to 135 minutes, you're trying to find ways to expand the story. The song that was added that worked for me the least, I will say, is when they did some kind of weird internal monologue song for Ariel when she first becomes a human because she can't talk where you're you're essentially getting every beat of how she feels about this world but there were a lot of the things that i liked i thought they really kind of creatively redid under the sea um they creatively redid the kiss the girl song 
Um, I thought, you know, it was interesting. I thought the underwater sequences looked a lot better than I imagined. I was trying to figure out how they were going to do that, but there was a lot of beauty and life uh, in the way they created a lot of that. Holly Bailey is incredible as Ariel. She has a very incredible voice. I thought it was neat that they had the actress that voiced the original Ariel make a cameo in here. Um, even though I was looking for her, I didn't find her. I had to look it up later. She is the waitress that hands her a fork. It was the literal passing of the fork, I guess. Way to go, Disney. Um, and there were other things that I enjoyed. It was about everything I expected. I think when you go into these live action remakes, they're, they've ranged from uh, adding a little something, being very good, to being a faithful reimagining to trying something that doesn't work to being abject failures. And I mean, they've remade, I, I made a list on letterbox. I counted at least 21 live action remakes that they've done so far. And we know we're getting another uh, Cruella at some point here. We know we're getting um, snow white. That's there's a, there's a strain there that started around the time of uh, Batman begins of like the untold story, like the origin story or whatever. And it, it peaked right around the time that the amazing Spider-Man and Maleficent came out. And in my, so in my head, I can't hundred percent count Maleficent as like a remake of sleeping beauty, even though it is. Um, there's like more to it than that in some way. And I feel the same way about Cruella. There's like this, this kind of string or of like Sorcerer's Apprentice. That's the remake of the Fantasia. Sorcerer's Apprentice. Right. Which is like, not at all, but totally is, but totally isn't like, yeah. <clears throat> but they've gotten around now where they're making live action uh, remakes of um, theme park rides. Cause we already had one haunted mansion and we're, we're soon getting another. Well, Okay, and we just did the Muppets Haunted Mansion, so it's like we're getting a remake of a remake of a remake. And that's my problem. That's <coughs> at its core why I have such a problem with these remakes is Disney used to stand by this model where they created something iconic and created a brand and they would defend the brand to death to a fault, to where they did some inappropriate things in like defending things and shooting people down for using their iconic versions of public domain characters and so on and so forth. And like they, they're like, you can make a movie about the little mermaid. That's not Disney's that that's completely legal, but like they take now this approach of trying to ride what's trending and trying to take modern consumerism patterns into account and so even though for decades they've lived off of this model of classics and vaulting them and coming out and making them momentous and special and whatnot, they literally made someone like me believe they're special and now stomp them and stamp them into repeats to make sure that you don't feel like they're special anymore. You know, the other thing I was going to say is you start this movie with kind of a weird quote about mermaids and their level of suffering and it made me i was like oh is this gonna be a somewhat dark no apparently that had nothing to do with the rest of it and it almost makes me wonder if that quote was a little bit of a non sequitur you'd be tempted to probably forget about it because it just flashes over at the beginning but it was a weird way 
to start because I thought this was just going to be kind of like the kids movie. And then I was like, oh, this is going to be something different. And then, oh, no, it wasn't. I think you're muted. <clears throat> the clip that you showed, that image that you showed of Ariel like lifting herself on the rock, that recreation where a few seconds before that there's water splashing behind her is like a perfect representation of what's going on because that moment in the movie genuinely feels earned. But something about the reflex of her timing it right on the word to push herself up for world is like, oh, you're trying to copy someone. Like, I was believing everything emotionally that you're doing, and then you reminded me that this is a copy. So, you know, would it have been better for you if they didn't try so hard to be close to the original source? Yeah, well, I mean, yes. And that that's that's sort of tips me towards talking about Cinderella and talking about what it feels like this trend of remakes, the goal started as, and then what it turned into. Um, cause I think they've, they've just gotten like the, the movies that have been the most successful have adapted the animated movie into something. E yeah. Like, okay. <clears throat> so we're looking at these three, but I'll briefly going to touch on Cinderella and Peter Pan and Wendy and the jungle book. And, um, basically in a nutshell, in Peter Pan and Wendy, the only thing I have to say about it, they jump out the window and you can hear the instrumental for You Can Fly without the song happening as they get ready to go off to Neverland. You know, it's it's like a touch. It's like a reminder of the ride that you're on while they're doing what they're doing. I don't necessarily know if that movie's 100% successful because I haven't finished it yet. Oh, it's not. Yeah, it's all dark and muddy and... The, the, uh, anyways, um, Cinderella. The original teaser, like, reveal for Cinderella was just the shoe, the glass slipper. And that was, I did not give a crap about Cinderella. I was a 90s boy. Like, you know, I've been being shoveled into my head that you're supposed to, I don't know, like wrestling in monster trucks or some crap. I don't, I, I don't know. I never really got into anything. So I can't really picture you at a monster truck rally. Yeah, it's not really... <laughs> It's not really my scene. So, um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles rally, sure. I don't know <laughs> what that would Star be. Star Trek convention, like. probably. There you go. Yeah, Star Wars for sure. Um, so, so for me, seeing that and being like, oh, they're starting something big because they always treat these things like they're big, and they bait and they they just do this simple thing, and it's so iconic that everyone knows what it means and what's going to happen. And then they delivered a movie that isn't like the greatest movie of all time, but it's an adaptation that isn't just shot for shot trying to pull off the icons and images straight from the animated movie, which also is an animated movie that is extremely old by the time this movie is coming out. Now, I know we're still talking 30 years ago in the 90s for The Little Mermaid, but we're also about to remake Moana. Which is like, which makes no sense. I forgot about the fact they're doing that. It almost makes no sense. And Lilo and Stitch. 
Yeah, that's right. I guess they aren't running out of material. But well, I, I liked the Kenneth Branagh take on Cinderella. I'm with you. It was it was one of the, the better ones, Lily James, and I think it's Richard Madden. You had Kate Blanchett in there, uh, and they they didn't try to make a musical. I don't remember if the I think the original cartoon was a musical. Yes. Right. And Jungle Book also, they did not try to make a musical, despite there yeah. being many musical numbers. You had those musical but numbers in, in there. In the Jungle Book, I think they did add the one. The, the biggest thing in the Jungle Book is they strung out an arc for Mowgli as figuring out what the difference is between being a human and an animal and it's tools and ingenuity. And like, there's, it's just enough for it to still be a kid's story and an adventure. But like, the point is these are both old movies. Like jungle book is like seventies. Like you have the opportunity to, if you have, you have the opportunity to say something new, you have the opportunity to update an old IP and you have the ability to bring icons to like a younger generation and do it in this way that that feels like it still has a spark of originality to it. I don't understand why you didn't then just go Snow White, Sleeping Beauty, and so on and so forth. And then when you had those successes and people are on board with these being big event films, then you introduce remakes of your 90s ones. So don't you think part of it is they had already made Maleficent, so you couldn't go back to Sleeping Beauty, and they had made those horrendous Kristen Stewart Snow White movies, so they couldn't. Disney sleep. didn't make those. No, but those those were in that time period, so you couldn't just yeah. go back. And I, I think that's that's part of it. And then they settled in one of their their first ones, actually, which is one that I really like is tim burton's alice in wonderland through the looking glass mm. i didn't care for going back to that wasn't exceptional but that first one i liked what they did um there are pieces of that that really appealed to me and i think that came before cinderella that got them into kind of doing yeah that was 2010 and this number is i think 13 no or 14. Way. 2015? No way. That's no, it could be. It was after Branagh made Thor. Yeah, but I, I, I think it would probably be something like 13. I think that's for this box. The 2015 is the copyright on the box. So, like, maybe 2014 it came out. Um, <clears throat> well, so we've talked about a few of these. Uh, I know you, re you referenced last week when we were teeing this up that... Uh, Probably the four biggest ones kind of from that early 90s, late 80s is Little Mermaid, which we just talked about, Aladdin, Beauty and the Beast and The Lion King. And I would like to say that when people say that everything John Favreau touches turns to gold and nothing ever misfires, try watching The Lion King. He also did that Jungle Book, which a version that you're, you were referencing. I don't think that was incredible, but it's like a, the greatest film ever made compared to The Lion King, which I thought was a horrendous misstep. I don't think you like any of these, right? Actually, I enjoyed my time in the theater watching all three of those. I just... It's the it's the exact same experience I'm having right now with the Little Mermaid, except the Little Mermaid I I like I feel the passion behind it a little bit more. 
but Aladdin is is the one that fell the hardest and the worst. So I'll build up to that. The Lion King, I just agree with all the other criticisms. I think you just, I mean, they're just you, you had an animated movie that anthropomorphized animals, and then you just tried to make them just animals. You just all you did was take away. Which, yeah, why why did they? I don't I don't know how they can dare call that a live action remake. Yeah, it's it's a lie. It's it's completely false. Like it it you could call it a photorealistic remake, but that doesn't I guess roll off the tongue. It's Cinderella was released in 2015. I just looked it up. That's crazy that it's that the same year as like Creed. You know that feels so much older than that. But I don't know. That's cool. So, look, these are the Renaissance movies. These this is the trend that they decided to go with, which is. Let's get all them them 90s kids who are adults that have kids now and let's try and get this trending enough to get them into theaters to kind of like use the properties and whatnot. And Beauty and the Beast, I think, is is underrated for what it is, but still not special enough to have warranted like what happens now when I think of Beauty and the Beast is I think of the original, then I think of the remake then the two of them become a blur in my head and it all becomes mixed emotions. And instead of thinking of any iconic songs or iconic performances, I just fuzz out and don't think about it anymore. And so I haven't thought about beauty and the beast since I saw it in theaters, even though I liked everything they added about like her mother and like all the things that they incorporated into that story. But the, the abomination of all abominations only in one category was Aladdin. And that one category is direction. And I don't know if it's that they tied Guy Ritchie hands behind his back and put a cloth over his mouth and tied chains to his feet and threw him in the water like they did Aladdin. And they may let somebody else direct it in secret. Or if it's that the animators were all excited to be working for Guy Ritchie, so they replicated his style. But to the best of my knowledge, I'm going to stick with just the whole new world scene. The whole new world scene, you can go shot for shot. And any time that the camera is not like this, okay? I'm here or I'm here and it's just floating like this. Any time that the camera is not that far away from the actors doing that while basically a metronome plays and they give like an on-beat rendition of the song, whether that's emotional or not. Anytime that's not what's happening on screen, it's CGI created by a team of artists that are not Guy Ritchie. As soon as the camera dips behind them, a cloud or something passes in front of the screen and you know it's become CG and they're flying and, and it becomes more dynamic and they're doing something else. The, the parade where Prince Ali comes into town, okay? Weird close-up, but not totally close-up shots of the genie running around the crowd so you can't make out what dancers are doing and you can barely see his face when he pops out and pops back in. But the camera is still this far away from him framed so that even though there's people close to the screen going like this it's just camera in front of actor action they say their lines cut almost the whole movie to my recollection if it's cg 
it's dynamic. If it's humans in front of a camera, it's nothing. And then the stunt performers are amazing. So it's just the direction, right? The CGI artists, everyone else seems passionate about it. The actors all seemed really passionate about it. I was into like all these things that are going on, but it just like, as soon as I caught on to this thing, I couldn't stop seeing it. And I wish I could like color code a sequence where you see like when it's in green, it's a not CG shot. And then it turns to red and it's a CG shot. And you could see how every single live action shot is essentially the same shot. And I, I it, it's baffling to me. And then, then there's that, that issue with the metronome where in an animated movie, they recorded the performances and they animated around the performance in the movie. They played music for the actors to perform to. So they're following a beat and doing something familiar rather than coming up with something that feels like it's original or feels like it has like a spark to it. So Aladdin to me, I get all twisted up about because I loved Aladdin as a kid growing up. And so I know there's got to be some kind of inherent bias and things like that in there. But I, it's just only the director's chair is so lazy, especially compared to Guy Ritchie's other work. Like, I just, I don't get it. Now, so then that's it. I mean, like... It did continue a tradition of probably not obvious choices. I mean, when you think about Aladdin, you don't think of Guy Ritchie. When you think about Cinderella, you probably don't think about Kenneth Branagh. Uh, when you think about The Lion King, you don't think about the guy that just gave you Iron Man. Um, you know, so maybe some inobvious choices, but I I think this is the perfect time uh, for us to give our favorites of the live action remakes because I have a feeling I'm going to crush your spirits. So I'll let Hugo first. If you don't have five, that's fine. But what, what are your favorite of the live action remakes? Jungle Book, Cinderella, Beauty and the Beast. I can't in good conscience. Oh, there's an issue with Maleficent. Uh, when I saw it, there was a glitch on the person I saw it with television. And I called it halfway through that it was zoomed in like this. Okay. So we weren't seeing the movie like framed correctly. And I double checked it at home when I got there, but I never rewatched the movie. So I haven't seen it right. Um, Whatever. Point is... That would probably be number four if I had to pick one. And then, I don't know. I don't remember the last time I saw the uh, 101 Dalmatians with uh, from the 90s. Oh, um, going close? Maybe that. All right. <clears throat> number five for me is Mulan. That was not an animated film that was probably high up i actually don't think i saw the animated film before i saw the live action one so maybe that has something new with it it's also a movie that got buried because of covid because it was a 2020 release that kind of unceremoniously dumped on d plus during a time when they didn't know what they were going to do with any of the movies you know i remember i thought the visuals were strong i liked the storytelling it was one i actually wish i would have seen in a theater for the scope of that so that that's number five number four for me is little mermaid 
I liked. Uh, I know you. Yeah, just, Little Mermaid's like number two or one. I know you just said you liked it. Uh, number three uh, is Aladdin. I actually liked the remake of Aladdin. I like the color palette. I like the that decorators, the romance uh, kind of humor. Will it was a little bit like as if Hitch went back to the Middle East and tried to get. <laughs> Tried to get him hooked up because some of Let's the say that again slowly. Gay... Yeah, I know. But <laughs> but uh I liked Will Smith as the genie. I liked her um Nassim Padrad, who is the handmaiden to to Jasmine. They're hilarious and the way they're going back and forth and the way some of his like complete lack of game lands. There were touches in there that I just really appreciated. Um, you know, I think they went a smart way and didn't try to have the the animal characters they had in there speak or kind of anthropomorphize them. You know, they didn't. Uh, whereas, you know, Little Mermaid, they have the the human mermaid people. They still kept up with, you know, Scuttle, uh, Flounder, and Sebastian all are talking roles. They didn't really do that with Apu or um, is it Iago? Who's his, who's his, which was Gilbert Gottfried in the, you were just never going to top that voice anyway. Uh, number two for me is the original Tim Burton, Alice in Wonderland. I liked uh, the casting. I liked the color palette. I, um, I know it's not popular for people to enjoy Johnny Depp. And he probably isn't my favorite thing in there, but I thought Anne Hathaway was good. Mia Wasilewski, or I've probably butchered that name, um, well, is great. Johnny there Depp. are some depth of story things in there that really just speak to me. But you were saying about... Johnny Depp can futterwhacking vigorously. So, you know. I, he was funny, and it was the right amount of him. And even Helena Bonham Carter going kind of crazy as the Queen of Hearts. It was the right amount of that uh, for me. I don't know. I it worked for me. I there are some emotional beats in that story that um, really resonated. But number one for me, and it was pretty easy, is Beauty and the Beast. I loved what they what Bill Condon did with that. I loved the way they brought it to life. I thought some of the musical numbers they had in there were very beautiful. Um, I love seeing Hermione in there, you know. Outside of Hogwarts, um, I thought uh, she and Dan Stevens, who played the Beast, did well. I like Dan Stevens' um, solo number as the Beast, and they gave a little more depth. I know not everyone loves that story, but um, you know, I—that's my favorite of those movies. I thought that was a fantastic film when I first saw it. We actually just rewatched it this week. Um, we rewatched we re Aladdin too, which I told you about, but we rewatched a couple of them as I was getting ready for this, you know, just trying to remember what I liked about them. So that would be my number one of the remakes. That has got to be like the hottest list, like as far as hot takes goes of like anyone I know who is into it. Like, it's like, I know a lot of people don't, don't like Mulan and Aladdin um, are like almost universally like well by word of mouth i i think actually all of these live action remakes get like mixed reviews uh when it comes to like rotten tomatoes and all that um but i know that like when mulan came out it was people were 
furious at that movie for uh, and again it might have you know part of it for me as i mentioned i don't i'm pretty sure i saw the cartoon afterward and i've yeah. seen it once um i don't and i think i only saw it because i told my wife oh yeah i never saw this cartoon well, and she looked at me like i was also the way person. disney tried to do their insane thing was pay a premium price to watch this on disney plus when it comes out or wait several months to see it for free oh that's right i think we did pay the upcharge <clears throat> so yeah, we did um well you know i just looked on our site letterbox you are correct like um beauty and the beasts uh alice in wonderland aladdin they're all either three or three one mulan is 2.4 average which means that it's below 50 percent on there i i just liked it i i don't know maybe it was surprising <laughs> to me because like, I mean, well i didn't maybe it was not having big expectations either i i think it's it you're i think you're right because i think ev most every criticism i know comes from what they did to the story in making it in live action and what they like took away from some characters and all that kind of stuff and and even that you kind of see from people who watch the movie and fell in love with aspects of the story over time, they're going to get hit the hardest by them not being there. So, yeah. Well, unless you have anything else to add, that is a wrap on our live action Disney love fest that we've just had for the last 34 <laughs> minutes. But you know what? Little Mermaid, worth your time. It's what you're expecting. Um, you know, this Memorial Day weekend, you have a little extra time. You want a movie you can watch with the kids. That is not something I would say about the movie we looked at last week or many of these summer movies that have come out. So That's true. Far. That's true. You got Super Mario in this if you're a kid. Like, that's. I. People liked Super Mario Brothers. I know. It, I got, I it got like those, word of mouth. I wish it those up. people well. Um, yeah. <laughs> what I feel about Super Mario Brothers, like you feel about Aladdin, which is not strong. Okay. Um, no, don't get me wrong. Especially when you brought up the, the actors. Strong. When you brought up the actors in Aladdin, it genuinely made me remember more things. I get, I got so distracted by this element that yeah. the other pieces that I know were very well done: set design, costume design, stunt performances, backup perform, like supporting actors, like lead actors, like. It's astounding it, that they found it. It literally that did so remind me of a fusion of Hitch and um, yeah. and the original cartoon Aladdin because which, of the way they did it, which if Hitch they were gonna is choose probably someone, a movie I like more than other yeah, people because it was they, the first it, date movie I went to with her that I watched with my wife. You know what's messed up? I've never seen Hitch with anyone in my life, but I watched Hitch uh because someone brought a bootleg movie of it home, and I've seen it like 30 times. Love that movie. I don't know. I, I know. It's <laughs> sometime we'll so, have yeah. to have a Will Smith appreciation hour. There you go. It's going to make us really unpopular. More hot takes. <laughs> like, this is the, the hottest episode of this week of the movies. Well, if you enjoyed this, you can come back next week as we will uh, launch ourselves into the Spider-Verse. And I... And if you didn't enjoy it, you can hate watch it. <laughs>
either way, you know, just subscribe. You know, give us a give us a list. You'll find something. Thumbs that, up or thumbs down. Just, I just mean, give us one. If you want uh one hour of people raging against the Fast and Furious franchise, that was Oh yeah. Week. You should check out that episode. <laughs> the hmm. longest we've had. Uh, but next week we will fling ourselves into the Spider-Verse and hope that we don't have a letdown from what was probably one of the better animated superhero films I've ever seen. And uh, we will be talking about maybe a couple of animated superhero films that have touched our hearts uh, over the years. So you can stay tuned for that. Uh, until then, don't get carried away under the sea. And we will see you at the movies. <laughs>